0: It was the summer of 2014 when I was sitting with my then CEO, Dr. Darren Graham, a well-known mathematician both in Canada and New Zealand. And while we were having coffee together, he said something to me about AI. He said, Ali, people will fear AI simply because a day will come when a computer looks at you and says, dear human, not only can I do what you do, I can do it better. Let's talk about that fear for a moment. My name is Ali Hirji. I'm a PhD candidate and I'm also working at a variety of academic institutions in Canada in both AI and cybersecurity. And my guests today are two individuals who are going to help us look on the other side of fear. Ever heard of the line, everything that we hope for, everything that we aspire to is on that other side of fear. Let's look beyond the fear with AI and let's look at how we can secure our digital futures as a community with AI. As you heard in the session before me, Sister Milani, I believe, had said, AI is the new electricity. Let's talk about what else can we power in our communities with this new electricity beyond all fear. I'm first going to ask Usher Jafri to introduce himself. This individual, I've spent many a time with him at many conferences, often is very silent, but I'll tell you one thing, that silence is very loud, and you're about to hear it. Usher, welcome and please introduce yourself and why is this session important to you?
1: Thank you very much, Shelley, for a fantastic introduction. My name is Asher Jaffee. I'm a public servant within a Canadian municipality working hand-in-hand to define what the next generation of public service means, not only for Canada, but creating mutual partnerships above and beyond the borders that we work in. AI has tremendous potential Where, as a community, but looking at the, the last couple of years and where we are moving forward, a new pioneer it is absolutely vital to use AI in a nutshell and disrupt that, pyro, that disrupt that continuum of relooking at where we are coming from and where we need to go as a community. There is vital potential of recognizing the, the force that this particular domain has, ensure that it has a sense of longevity for our community now and for generations to come after us. And with that, I'll say that it is now is the time and I'm very happy and fortunate that we're having this conversation. And I'm joined by such amazing individuals like yourself and Mehdi.
0: When people ask you when is the time, the answer is always the time is now. So thank you so much for that, Ashur. Looking forward to the discussion. My next panelist is someone who has grown through a variety of companies, a variety of startups, and led a number of techs, uh, tech startups through a lot of successful paths. He's seen the pain, but as they say, growing is painful. Mehdi, welcome and continuously growing in this conference as well. Thank you for all of your support in making this conference happen as well. Mehdi, please introduce yourself and tell our audience, why is this subject particularly important to you?
2: Thank you, Ali. Salam, everyone. My name is Mehdi Reza from cold Toronto, Canada. I am the founder of CyberX. Uh, we are involved in cybersecurity recruitment, training, gamification, building community, creating content. One of our business models is putting cybersecurity events. We host events with partners like IBM, Microsoft, Deloitte, PwC, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Now here's an interesting fact. We have had the honor to host this year's Imam Ali conference. So first of all, I do want to thank all those involved, especially Hussein from El TV, who brought this opportunity to us. I also want to thank Sayyid Jawad for trusting us to, be, uh, to really put on the production of this event named after the Commander of the Believers. Uh, lastly, I wanna thank both of you, Usher and Ali, for, for being a part of this important topic.
0: Thank you very much, Mehdi. And you know what, in uh, extension of the thanks, I'll also do a shout out to the team behind the scenes running the production. I might miss a few names, but two individuals that really stand out to me, uh, Alvina for putting us all together, but also Jordan and Adi, a reminder that uh, Imam Ali is beyond race, uh, religion and creed and caste and every other social construct that you can think of. So thank you very much, Mehdi. Mehdi, you said a word there around content, and I do believe content is king and queen. At one of your conferences, I believe it was central one that said, Let's not just dump data, let's dump context. Data is the fuel of AI. Mehdi, I wanna start with you. From a data perspective within our Shia communities, what kind of data do we have for us to work with from an AI perspective?
2: Great question. So let's take a step back. First of all, we are living in the information age. Mankind has lived through various ages. just like I just said right now, the most valuable commodity in the world is no longer oil, it's data. Now everyone uses the internet, whether it's social, education, business, etc., etc. And for the viewers, I just wanted to take a very quick second here and explain AI. So AI is a collection of technologies that excel at extracting insights and patterns from the large sets of data. So let me give you an example, Google. Google has a collection of large sets of data. Today, I went on Google Trends and I typed up the word Imam Ali. Now, you can see how many times it was searched, which country, what keywords, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, on a side note, Ali and not Usher, sure, I, when I did the search this morning about Imam Ali, guess which place in the world searched the most about Imam Ali? North America. Balochistan, surprisingly. Guess what city? Guess what city?
0: Now, this is a geography class that I'm not ready for, Matt. You're putting me on the spot.
2: Queta. Queta. So you know, if you run a if you run a search, and again, this is all data, right? Collection of large sets of data, all being put together. And an interesting thing: the search that they were looking for were quotations of Amira Al Momeni. So this is just a simple tool to explore and give you a glimpse on how AI is used. Now, we as a community, as the lovers of Amir Al Momeni have to work together to start parsing publications such as writing, literature, online, video, text, audio, majlises, latnya, go on and on and on and on. Now, this technology exists, and we have AI to really secure our digital future. And Ali, I'm going to say one more thing before I, I pass this on. The greatest treasure we have is Imam Ali. His hadith, his battles, his du'as, his words exist in data on the internet. We need to take these precious pieces, bring them to a central repository to give the future generation access to the most valuable thing in the world right now, which is data. And to end it off, we have the best data in the world and that is the name of Ali.
0: Very interesting that you ended on that note. I see a comment on YouTube, one of the different places where you can watch this conference where somebody says, AI just needs L in the middle to become perfect. So good play. Wow. We'll put that wow. on a t-shirt Beautiful. at the end of the conference. Usher, let's work a little bit for the next two minutes with data. You take a very cultural look at AI as well. And you've been talking a lot about while growing up, let's say in the Middle East, in Pakistan, and even in Canada, of the libraries within the Imam within the mosques that contain audio cassettes of majaliss For example, a good one you can take is Rashid Turabi, a well-known orator who's been studied by Michael Najawan uh, and numerous other scholars across North America. From your perspective, what's what do you think we should be doing with some of these pieces that even, for example, predate partition?
1: That's a fantastic question. I think there's, there's ample opportunity to Really look at what we need to do to sustain and and cultivate our culture when it comes to preserving knowledge that's stored in textbooks sitting in library shelves across the world, especially in the centers that we have here. Again, every time you go to a center, you have the option of buying a particular book. But I go back to Mehdi's point there about the Google trends and a person searching quotations from Imam Ali, leveraging Google. Now, imagine all the text that is sitting in the shelves, gathering dust, press, clean every now and then, Leveraging OCR, optical character recognition, making sure that those books, the newest version as well as the old, are published online in a central catalog and provides a validity of, hey, this is a score that the text that you're getting is A-authentic, is referenced against certain other text references, and as soon as that model picks up, hey, these texts are coming from an authentic source and a person looking at that can sit With a level of comfort saying, not only I know the source is accurate, I can back up my factual statements by referring to the source. And it's all contained within the context of a digital era without taking a step into another building, making sure that we are far away from the the time and eras where people would just go burn books down because these books are now digital. They are in that capacity and they've become immortal. So there's tons and tons of opportunity to take only text but the digital aspects of recorded conversation, says, sermons, supplications that have been, again, recited by well-known, absolutely phenomenal individuals like Rashid Tarabi himself and have them available to the next generation of individuals. Apply natural learning and translate that from, let's say, a native language from Urdu to English, Farsi, English, Arabic, English. Those things are available. We just need to tap on those resources and making them available to the next generation. I think you're absolutely right. And making such
0: data available to the corpus of academia would be extremely important. You know, one thing that you mentioned during our uh, pre-session chat was the possibility of taking, for example, some of the recitations and understanding the way in which language has evolved. Many of you have seen words like guru make it into the English language. Uh, Other words slowly make it as well. And how does that transition happen? Looking and using an AI and NLP, for example, could allow us not only to contribute within our own communities, but also contribute to language as we understand it. So, Asher, thank you for that. Usher, there's something that you mentioned there, about let's try something new. And Madhi, nobody knows anything about trying anything new and innovating and being creative like you. There's no creativity or innovation without failure. One of the things that you've done in the recent past is you've made knowledge and AI more accessible. Can you tell us a little bit about those tabletop exercises you've started uh, rolling out? And why do you think things like that could be used, for example, in our Islamic schools in our mothers house, or with our seniors? Madhi?
2: Yes, uh, great question. One of the challenges that I think we all face as parents is how do we get our children involved in, in education? And we know we have some great resources out there uh, that, that, are, that are that are amazing. However, one of the things that we do here at CyberX is we build out cybersecurity games. So we gamify these the, the education. So it's no longer where you're teaching, you're actually learning. There are ways that we can incorporate tools such as Unreal Engine and tools, for example, that we've built out and other organizations have built out where we can teach children and adults through gamification. And what we're doing is really we're taking a little bit of AI, we're taking a little bit of data, we're smashing it together. Uh, we're getting the information that we need, we're parsing it together, and we're able to now efficiently and effectively educate based on the skill level. So I'll take a quick example. For example, let's say if you were to take the story of Amir Momodin and his birth, there's a, a way that it's taught right now, which is you could turn on YouTube, you could read a book, you can etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, and those are all great. And those are all very important. We know our youths are into gaming. How do you bring that into uh, education. And there's ways and methodologies to do that. And, and this is something that we're definitely exploring.
0: Very important, our imams have always reminded us to teach us to learn. And I think that's what's happened is that as a result of doing lots of learning, lots of teaching, you yourself, I, I know you're very humble, you didn't mention, but you yourself have started teaching at Seneca College, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's an important reminder as well. The more we involve ourselves with these technologies, the more we can also get involved in mainstream academe and start to share some of our knowledge. Ashur, let's stay on this aspect because, you know, we've spoken a little bit about AI. I see one question that's come in about, uh, one was about how do we secure data. But before that, there was a question on, has there ever been, uh, or is anybody looking at building uh, a Shia setup in in the metaverse? I think right now uh, that question is something that we can come to. But, Ashur, I believe that blockchain would be an interesting discussion for us, perhaps for the next conference blockchain is mathematical proof that something happened. uh, And we can certainly bring up that discussion. But for now, there is nobody that I know of that is building within the the metaverse. That is a bit of a different discussion. Um, Usher, I want to come back to you on security. You being an enterprise security, you've also been looking at how could we within our communities use some good cybersecurity, AI practices, forecasting, and prediction in very difficult political times, in times of Islamophobia, for example, how could we use security and AI to, let's say, boost the perimeter around our around our mosques, around the imam bargas? Usher, your perspective, please.
1: I think that's a fantastic question, building on Mehdi's conversation. Again, looking at how we preserve this cultural context and leverage the technology that we have on our hands, every single center that we know has some sort of a digital footprint, whether that's a public website, their closed-circuit uh, television system, there is a lens of physical security but you can only amplify that with leveraging digital tools and technology, especially AI. It does not, and I question personally that why have not centers taken on this opportunity of tying in their tabletop exercises from the corporate realm onto onto the center. Why have not we explored how will a center act react Proactively respond to a cyber threat. Someone defacing their website. Someone hacking their CCTV footage. The residents' uh, information—that's there. Again, we call it a CRM system, but for, again, for the sake of this this conversation, it's a it, we're going from customers to moment relationship management systems. It's it's a repository of information, whether that's very personal, historical generation coming to the same center, and God forbid if that information is tainted, lost, stolen huge financial reputational impact to the organization. So I think the conversation is now the fact that we're talking about this is taking on this opportunity, leveraging some of the aspects that Mehdi presents a gamification, but bringing in that to the mindset of community leaders that are now passing the baton on to the next generation. Understand that concern and the threat landscape is very real, but the tools are there to amplify and, and kind of take on this lead. Again, we're the believers of Miriam so that, that faith allows us to take on these tools and defend our integrity, whether that's the physical realm as well as the digital realm.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest mistakes uh, we've made as a community in the world of security is thinking that we're too small of a target. Uh, But if anything, we've learned over the last couple of years, it is we are a very precious target uh, on on a variety of elements. So thank you, Asher, for that. Gentlemen, we have about three and a half minutes to go before closing statements. And Mehdi, there's a question that's come in. uh, And the question is, uh, Mehdi, have you seen any, any AI bots, for example, that can help you answer a question related to FIC? Anything that you've seen online? Uh, nothing at all, eh, Maddie?
2: Uh, th- from what I've seen, I've seen nothing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I know uh, we've been talking about is how we can incorporate AI when it comes to uh, learning disabilities. Uh, and I know Asher, you, you, we talked about this a couple of times now. And how do we incorporate that? Uh, we know that the technology exists. How do we incorporate? It? How do we give it machine learning so it understands when the use of the word "hey or words that are more used in our culture? Uh, that a sign language interpreter may have some difficulty with. How do we bring those things in? And Usher, I know you wanted to quickly touch on this as well. Absolutely. I think one, one that's a fascinating point
1: because one of the things that I personally observe is the centers here within the GTA have a tendency for the first 10 days because that's where the majority of the volume of folks come in. They have the ASL interpreter there bringing the mics down in different language contexts to people that have their different disabilities and, and, and challenges. That is where the opportunity comes in because we train the, again, that's natural language processing to take culture-appropriate words, such as, again, there's tons of content within the Maasai as well as the Fazal that can be converted to assist person, again, that's breaking down to ASL, but then the conversation goes further. People that have learning disabilities amplify that learning with artificial intelligence, but at the same time, we people that have visual disabilities, bringing it down to some audible reference that takes a real-time translation of a speaker into the person in the visual language and making sure that they can benefit like any other native speaker sitting in the first, Amira less.
0: Amir says, knowledge is the root of all good. And clearly with your knowledge, you're putting it to very good effect. Gentlemen, I'm going to give you 30 seconds each to make a closing comment. And in that closing comment, I'm going to ask you to throw in a quote, a saying, or something with which you would like to leave our audience with. Mehdi, we'll start with you, 30 seconds.
2: Wow, that's uh, putting me on the clock. Ali, so I'm going to tell you something that I'm very interested to in hear your response on, since you're a connoisseur of literature. So for <laughs> me, I guess the quote would be, and, and it's, I don't know if it's a quote or a line, or probably there's no word to describe it, uh, As-salamu and to me, I feel that this quote or this line or this magnificent word is an answer to everything. It brings that which is far and near it blows uh, letters into the soul that gives calm and serenity and 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 it's just the flag of guidance for the universe. So uh, th- that is what I'm gonna close with.
0: Every drop that falls for above the lies an ocean and each drop Surahana. is important to us. So I would agree with you. And thank you for sharing that quote because I think for our audience, it tells you, no matter how little of a knowledge base you might have in AI and security, there's always something in it that you can do. Mehdi uh, also had founded a very important hashtag called WeAreCyber. And it brings people together because whether you're a security professional or an AI professional like Usher, and maybe an amateur like myself, or you're somebody who's in the field of religion, for example, you have something to offer to the space of cyber and AI. Imam Hussein took whatever you could give on that day. That's a very important oh, yeah. quote, Mehdi. Usher, final 30 seconds to you, my friend. You got to beat of- that from Mehdi. Pressure's on.
1: Thank you, much. Again, I cannot possibly top that up, but I'll say this. This is a quote that is embedded on my workstation, and it literally t- pays homage and, 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 and sentiment to this particular conversation. It is a quote by Imam Ali. He said, Listen and ponder, observe and recognize, and extract lessons from historical account. Now, everything that we do from an AI security perspective combines that together because digital allows us to hit all three portions and ensure that we have longevity moving forward as a community.
0: Absolutely. Beautiful. And and I would say that if, uh, as Medi likes, if I was a betting guy, I would say Usher won that prize on the final piece. But, you know, no competition there. Well played to both of you. But thank you, number one on a weekend for taking your time for being good sports and within 20 minutes really mobilizing a very interesting conversation. Now, I was thinking about how should we conclude and I saw a question that came in where an individual said on YouTube, you know, I find the internet to be a very destructive space and you know what, I actually would agree with with you from an AI perspective. Indulge me for my two rupees in my closing 30 seconds. I'll tell you one thing that many folks who work in the space of AI have probably heard of a term called singularity. And suddenly everyone seems to think that AI is all-knowing, which is a very dangerous path. Many academics for that matter, I would know, tend to think of themselves as being very omnipotent. But in the words of my mentor, who I always choke up when I remember him because I used to sit on my father's lap listening to his majalists, Allama Talib Johri, 1997, Nishtar Pak, Shabya Ashur, if I'm not mistaken, in front of the Karachi government, the Pakistani government that was oppressing Shias at the time, he said something very powerful. He said, what are you so in awe of your shaking wooden chairs? The only chair that matters is Samawatiwal
2: Ars. The chair that is
0: right there, where, in my humble opinion, we saw and found Ali and nobody else. I thank you all for taking the time for joining us. And I remind you of what Imam Ali said, where knowledge needs action, let's all take action to secure our digital futures. Take care, everybody, and enjoy the next session. Mehdi Usher, you guys are pros. It was enjoyable having you.
1: Likewise. Thank you very much.